Why do the other kids do everything differently? Is there something the matter with you? Sometimes you'll get like such a strong instinct to write something and you'll write a verse and it's so great and you love it so much that you'll just keep repeating it because you're so in it. I really enjoy taking giant feelings and desperately finding a way to present it in the smallest, neatest, most impactful way in a song. Has anyone ever told you you're too rebellious? Or hot-blooded? Arrogant? Obsessive? How about difficult? Or maybe even a little weird? Well, you might just be a rare breed. I'm Ashley Hansberger. I'm Sunny Bonnell, and you're listening to Rare Breed, a podcast about people who harness the power of their vices and turn them into virtues. We're coming at you from our offices in lower, crazy, noisy Manhattan. This is Rare Breed. How would you define obsessed? I would define it as messy, uncontrollable, very frustrating. <laughs> I feel like it's something that you can't quite get a hold of, something that runs away with all of your thoughts and feelings. To describe myself as someone who struggles with obsession is just the most truthful thing I've ever heard. And I think if you boil down all my problems, this is the word that it comes to. I love that about myself. I am obsessed and I think it can make me almost magical. And I, if I look at myself in the best light, I'm like, heck yeah. And then obviously there's just so much heaviness and so much dirt. When we think about obsessed rare breeds, we think about people who are perfectionistic, have an all-consuming work ethic, feel like nothing's ever quite good enough. How do you consider yourself obsessed? I think I get obsessed with people very easily. I don't really have a lot of self-restraint. It's something I really am struggling with. Honestly, I think I get addicted to people, addicted to things. I think it's probably the heaviest way if someone's in my brain. I think that's what I really struggle with. I find it so hard to let go, which is why I love writing so much because it feels like I can take back the control because I'm like, actually, I want you in my head because I'm using you. Thanks for sticking around. I appreciate it. How do you think about the difference between something that is good enough and something that is incredible. As much as I'm struggling with the internet recently, I think I am very grateful for having grown up on YouTube because I would make all of my songs and all of my kind of musical covers or whatever, like anything I've made, I used to just put online. And I even did projects where I'd make a video a day, like one video a day. And that really like forced me out of this like perfectionistic thing like this obsession because no matter what I was on a schedule and I had to upload it even if it wasn't good enough it's a really good practice to just keep making even if it isn't good enough like put it out because then like you'll have spent that time learning and bring all of the things that like lessons that you've learned to your next project but I definitely still am like guilty of that feeling when something's come out and you're like, ah, it's not quite right. And like, I could have just like spent a few more months just like tweaking, fine tuning and like putting my foot down. And like studying your lyrics, they're like this metaphorical storyland. God. And they're intensely like perceptive. But perceptive people, they're obsessed people. What drives that obsession? It's just something very deep down. I think... If I'm really honest, it comes from my upbringing and my family. It's something I go in therapy a lot, you know, like, where did this come from? My parents are very deep feeling people and struggle with boundaries a bit. So I think I never really learned that restraint. I think I've always been someone who's talked a lot and shared a lot and been very open with everyone. I really enjoy taking 
giant feelings and desperately finding a way to like present it in the smallest neatest most impactful way in a song what's like the messiest part of the process for you sometimes you'll get like such a strong instinct to write something and you'll write a verse and it's so great and you love it so much that you'll just keep repeating it because you're so in it and you're also trying to repeat it so that you can like stay in it and write around it but then you kind of get this I don't know demo itis I think people call it of like just falling in love with this one thing and not being able to see or grow on it because it doesn't feel right and I've definitely just written songs that are like a minute long because I just finished and I was like well I can't I don't want to add any more to it. When did you realize that obsession could work for you, but it could also work against you? I don't think I ever really realized that, maybe just now. (laughs) Having to talk about it, honestly, I think I really linked up the two of realizing that this mess I felt in my mind. And I think when people, like, wrote letters to me or, like, spoke to me online, that was when I was like, oh, interesting, they feel the same way. I think I have an obsession with connection. When I see people and I recognize something that, we could stick on that maybe we're not I have like an urge to really get that and maybe there's like a wall there or like they're not willing I don't know I just want that desperate desperate connection I think it's with like special people or like lonely people I want to be the one that they can come to because it will like soothe my own need to feel needed do you think that that's because you have sort of tapped into that and realized that you are, in fact, alone? I think that's maybe the worst way of looking at it. Mm -hmm. I think if I'm feeling particularly bad, there is a truth in my head that tells me that I'm just so different and so fucked up that no one will ever really understand. And I think I'm way too forgiving of everyone, but only because I know that I am the most bad and the most disgusting and the most mistake-making. In my healthiest state of mind, I know that... Everyone is human and everyone feels lonely. And in that, none of us are because we all connect in that same way. I do want to talk about your tattoo because it says a bit of madness is key. You have literally branded yourself with this message. What does that mean for you? It's hard. I've had some comments and worries from people that it looks like romanticizing madness or mental illness. And... I do worry about that. I wouldn't have questioned my mental health as a teenager because I wasn't online in that way. It didn't exist like that. And I was just so utterly oblivious to it all. I didn't even know they existed genuinely. I think because I was such an attention seeker, it felt like it felt like something you'd make up to like get people to feel sorry for you. I need it. I need it so bad. And I think everyone who struggles with mental illness also really needs it because if you didn't have a purpose for it, you would just go mad. You would just sit with your pain and it would be absolutely awful. So I've had to do this. I think I've had to make my pain into things and share it and give a purpose to it because it's the one thing that like pulls me through, truly. Like having this on my arm and like remembering, it is so helpful to have because otherwise it just feels utterly pointless. It just feels like pointless pain and there's nothing worse. There are millions of songwriters out there Mm. you know millions of people on YouTube trying to make it Mm -hmm. what is it about yourself do you think that draws people to you um I think a lot of it is luck honestly because there are so many talented people so many talented women like there's so many online who I feel almost guilty because I'm like "Ah, it should be you (laughs) it's very strange that I went from like this small place in 
Essex where no one really gave a shit about anything and you were shunned for doing anything at all to like becoming a musician even when I was like told by everyone that I shouldn't and I can't I wish I was encouraged but maybe maybe the reason why I'm here is because I wasn't told that and I was actually told that I couldn't and I just fell into it. I don't know whether to be grateful or angry, really. <laughs> what was that couldn't about? Like, what were some of the things that people said to you? I was just convinced that there were no jobs in the creative industry at all. Like, when I brought forward an idea of what I wanted to do, I wanted to be on stage, I wanted to be in musical theatre, and my friends were like, no, you just can't, you just can't. And, like, the amount of times I heard the words, like, you'll be living in a cardboard box, I was like, I'll be living in a cardboard so I just I couldn't so I like studied subjects in school that I didn't want to study I didn't care for I don't know it got to the point where I was supposed to decide what I was doing and I had no idea because all I could see was like academic things but I just kind of stepped away and moved away I moved away from my um, family home when I was 18 um, to try and figure out like what it was like not under like their rules and ideas of what I should be doing and that was very helpful <laughs> it's very helpful to kind of take a step away from your family when you turn that age. Do you feel that you have a persona? Does it feel like you ever step away from that and go, who's that girl? <laughs> every day, every moment. I'm really struggling with that recently, I think. I don't really know if I am her, if I'm not her. I'm not her a lot of the time. Obviously, shit happens in my personal life that I'm not going to bring forward and share. Learned that recently. I can't share it. I can't. It's like way too personal and it's not theirs to know. And I, I'm going to keep that for myself. But then am I lying? Am I hiding? Am I manipulating people? I'm playing a lot of shows at the moment. And like there are these songs I sing where I like stand in front of the microphone. There's like lights behind me. And like everyone's like, oh, my God, an angel. So perfect. So deserving. You're the best. And I feel like I'm like putting myself forward as this like, oh, but I feel like a fucking piece of shit, like, so much of the time. Obviously, I'm disgusting. I'm human. And, like, it feels horrible sometimes for these people to, like, praise me and, like, have these look in their eyes. And I just want to be like, you have no idea. You have no idea. I'm awful. I'm a human. I fuck up. Oh, my God. It's really hard. It's really hard to balance that. All I can do is just say somehow you don't know me. You don't know anyone. Everyone is human. You have no idea what people's lives are like. What would it take for you to love yourself? I do sometimes. A lot of the time I sometimes. love myself. I think we're all learning, aren't we? I think we all do and we all don't at the same time. When other people love me, I love myself. And I so luckily have people who do. What's your biggest demon? Needing to feel special. Mm. And that comes forward in, like, so many different ways. Like, am I really honest and open because I like to be or because I want people to tell me that I'm like some magical special human being and like I just want to feel so significant in people's lives and when I meet them I want to make an impact and I don't know sometimes I can build people up so much because I want them to love me um, but that means like if I let them down then they fall so much harder and I do. It's interesting when you say that because you do have lot of people who like revere you sometimes when obsessed is your vice and your virtue we think that's going to get us to the point where we can kind of live with ourselves but then it's always like well that's not actually enough either you're reaching for something that continuously always is beyond your own grasp you know it's like that more 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 I need more of it I have it actually I have a, a lot of it but I need more of that to fulfill me and that's the danger of this obsession is the dark side but it can also 
give you that relentless nature that you need to mm-hmm. push you forward and drive you to success. Yeah. That vice becomes a virtue when it gives you the relentlessness that you need to put you there. Mm-hmm. I think it is both vice and virtue. It is both selfish and propelling. Obsessed people, when you want it right and you want to, you fight for your ideas mm-hmm. and you fight for the things that you believe in. And do you notice that you tend to drive other people mad? I'm always terrified of that happening. I'm not sure if I've had like a moment like that. I think I'm always ready for it. So I'm constantly apologizing. I think I've been around people who've been like that, but I've kind of absorbed it. I think it makes mine worse because I'm like, well, they're perfectionistic. Like I need to be perfectionistic too. Like I admire that in them somewhere. So I need to turn mine up because I want to be right. You seem so self-aware with those vices and virtues. When's the last time that you just said, fuck it, I'm not listening. Like, you were able to shut that voice down. Being on tour, like, it comes up a lot. It's been hard recently. I'm literally singing in front of a giant light-up name that is mine. And that's really hard when you hate yourself a lot of the time. So I think it just puts a spotlight on all of your insecurities and all of those voices. But you have to tell it to shut up. You have to say, fuck it, fuck off, because you're playing a damn show. And if not, you'll use it when you're singing because you'll bring it forward when you're singing these words about how you feel so awful. When you're on stage, is that when you feel the most significant? I think so. I think that's the best <laughs> because it's it's more real. Like you can look into their eyes and you can really, really see everyone. And it feels like the most coming together. I think when it's online, it feels very strange to kind of have like different people in their bedrooms or coming in this like online world. It doesn't feel very real. But even that has its like wonderful moments. I have a song called Sick of Losing Soulmates, which is about when you like are trying to figure it out with someone who you don't want to leave behind. And people just started naturally leaving giant letters to their like soulmates, friends, lovers, family, people have died, people who have left, people who are still there. And that is just awesome. There is a very strange kind of connection and understanding you have with people. Using the word community feels really good because it does feel like that a lot of the time. When like two people who know of me and my music meet, there is like such an interesting conversation that can happen. I've watched people become friends and like, I think I really love that. I think if I was to like really specify, like when I sing music to people like live there is nothing greater than looking at their faces and looking at them like singing along and like what these words mean to them I think it's a place where everyone can come and connect and really share these heavy feelings together and it feels so like such a non-judgmental space such an understanding and kind and loving space. I would take all of it just for that. What makes you a rare breed? In having the obsession and in having the pain and the struggles, it does make me very empathetic because I think I can put myself in the shoes of people who have been hurt but people who have hurt. That's really helpful to have in communication mixed together with music and Translating that through words. Do you want to do the lightning round? I don't ever do the lightning round, but I'm going to do it this time. So you'll fill in the blank. My motto is... These aren't my words. They are someone else's. 
but I have them tattooed on my arm. Bolder than before, bluer than the sky. I think because it basically means I will rise out of the ashes. I will use what I can from the things that have happened to me and I will grow from them and take them, use them. I'm not very good at letting go. The biggest misconception about me is I am 100% honest and open. It bothers me when. I mean, there are so many things. I could go shallow. It bothers me when people blast the aircon on. I'm freezing. Just because it's boiling outside doesn't mean I need to be freezing in here. I can be a normal temperature in here. It bothers me when I meet people and they pretend that they don't know who I am um, when they do. Just, just be honest. I'm, I, I'm not going to think any less of you. You're still a human being. I never thought that this interview would be so complex and interesting, but I really liked it. <laughs> Someday I'm going to write a musical. And bring Sonny and Ash out to a concert. (laughs) (laughs) If you're inspired by this episode and ready to turn your vices into virtues, get your hands on a copy of our explosive new book, Rare Breed, a guide to success for the defiant, dangerous, and different. It's available at thisisrarebreed.com and wherever you buy books. You can also listen to all of our Rare Breed interviews with celebrities, misfits, oddballs, and entrepreneurs at thisisrarebreed.com slash interviews. Be sure to share this podcast, tell your friends, and join us on social at This Is Rare Breed. Remember those simple rules of office etiquette, and you'll get along in the business world. (laughs) 